Welcome to Classic Comics Cavalcade. I'm Jason Sachs. I'm Amir Malikpour. And we are discussing a run of S.H.I.E.L.D. comics by Jim Steranko. And just by Jim Steranko. Uniquely for any artist of his time, Steranko wrote, drew, colored, sometimes inked, sometimes lettered this run of comics we were talking about. And... Mm. You know, people have written hundreds, thousands, millions of words probably about Steranko over the years. Uh, but I still find his work so stunning and powerful and just out of, all out fun. Oh, yeah, it's pretty exquisite. And it's all kind of crazy, weird, kind of awkward, beautiful. Awkward, beautiful is a word I was thinking of as I was looking at this work. Yeah. Why do you call it awkward beautiful? Because it's like it doesn't make sense. There's a part in the in these stories of, and by, we read uh, Strange uh, um Steranko's part, Agent of Shield part in Strange Shield 161 to 166. And there's a part where he puts on like a like a bug or a honing device on like this big huge ship. And the scale just doesn't make any sense, but it, gosh darn it. It looks pretty cool. <laughs> yeah, and there's so much of that, right? Where like the scale just doesn't look right or like the force perspective is too forced, so to speak. You know, yeah. like the angles don't work. But it doesn't matter, does it? Yeah, it looks cheesy, but it looks cool. I mean, it is like Kirby level of like reality doesn't look anything like this, but who cares? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. And actually, one of these stories, Bill Everett inks it too, which is kind of interesting. It's cool to see. Yeah, I wanted to compare notes about who your favorite inkers are of him in here. The only ones I think was, uh, the only things that we read on this particular story was Frank Giacola, mm -hmm. and I think Bill Everett did one of them. Those are the only two inkers that we read. Just really like the way Everett inks him. Of course, Steranko's pencils must have been so strong that uh, anyone who inked him would look uh, great. The only one I remember looking really distinctively impressive was the one issue of Captain America that Joe Sinnott inked. Oh, you know what? Joe Sinnott inked a, a 166 also. Okay. I didn't remember yeah. that. Yeah, I just, I mean, I just looked it up right now. Yeah. It seems like the Joe Sinnott ones are more like, oh, it's because it had a Fantastic Four in there, right? No, they're in the earlier story. Oh, right, right. You're right. You're right, you're right. But no matter, no matter what, like, uh, Stranko just overwhelms everybody. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. He inked himself, actually, in the Fantastic Four one. Which is also part yeah. two. We also an interesting look. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. You think they look much different, really? Well, when he inked himself, he looks weirder. Like uh, the thing looks like looks looks like the Toxic Avenger. Yeah. And then, um, and I'm a big fan of. I mean, I like Joe Sinnott. I mean, he's cool. And then Bill Everett, I can't really tell Bill Everett when he inks him, but I'm a huge fan of Big L, L of it. Bill Everett when he does do inking. So. 
late in his career, Everett was just a, an amazing artist to me. I think Everett softens him up a little bit. The mm-hmm. character designs just look a little more uh, animated to my eye. Mm-hmm. But there's also a lot of really nice kind of intensity for character. Like the way he draws Yellow Claw, I yeah. think it really brings the character to life. I think he put in a little bit more work whenever Yellow Claw showed up, and the rest of the characters not so much from an inking perspective. Yeah. Like, there's a James Bond a cameo in that one. Did you notice that? I did, yeah. I thought that was so funny, too. <laughs> Take it easy, chum. You act like I'm an enemy spy. <laughs> well, as a matter of fact, I, I, keep, I just can't stop paging through these, two. where, like, every page is full of these just uh, ridiculous visuals. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. What did you, uh, you know, I guess we talk about everything. And what format did you read it in? Did you read it in like the... I have the Marvel Masterworks. Uh, oh, okay. Got it. I read it in the Shield Complete Collection Omnibus. Okay. Probably the same films of it. Same colors, probably. Like the, the recoloring, which is not great. There was also another format that I bought. There was like an older trade paperback from... I believe the 80s, oh no, the 90s, where the coloring was, it was recolored with like a weird. Oh, with that 90s computer coloring? It's maybe it's not 90s computer coloring. It seems like it's like water coloring. I don't know what it is. Huh. Oh, this was actually 2001. So. Because these are Steranko's colors. And he says that in the intro to the Masterworks. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, okay. They just don't come out as they would originally, though, right? Because that was newsprint and this is glossy. Well, I think that's part of it, yeah. But I don't know. He's one of the rare people, I think, where... I mean, everything is so bold and flashy and bright and crazy. Uh, mm-hmm. From a visual standpoint, the, it, the, the brighter colors feel kind of psychedelic. They kind of fit the era. Because mm-hmm. it's all from '67 and '68, so it's like oh, the height, right. of, height of that psychedelic era. Mm-hmm. And uh, you know, he he's so into like contrasting these bold colors. I mean, I keep you know, you were just talking about the Bill Everett issue, and like keep looking at page uh, eight in that story. There's the building that that's kind of like in rainbow colors. There's no reason for it, but it looks amazing. Oh, yeah, that's right. There's multiple situations like that. Well, there's a part where um, um, uh, the previous issue, page, I think, 11, 12, page 12. It's where uh, Steranko, oh, not Steranko, of course, it's Fury, Nick Fury or Steranko. They're the same guy. Pulls his <laughs> mask off. And then you see like this black and white, uh, just just the eyes of the claw, yellow claw. And then right below it, um, Nick Fury, they have like different psychedelic colors of like white, yellow, orange, red. I think that's one of the most beautiful sequences in the book. Because mm-hmm. you get you get the, the reveal of Fury and then the color of the yellow with him pulling off the mask. 
Mm-hmm. And Fury's got this kind of beat up face there. At that point, he looks like he is a guy who survived World War II. And he's like been through the fucking wars, right? Mm-hmm. But he's ready to fight. Some, he almost looks like like Robert Mitchum or something at that point. And then you mm-hmm. got the claw with the just black and white. It just looks like this other dimensional being almost. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And then you get, like you're saying that there's that strip of six panels that are so cool because like you see first Fury's face is white and he looks stressed but calm. And then you see him gradually get hypnotized by the claw or whatever it is. And as it happens, the color the spectrum goes from yellow to orange to darker orange to red and then white again as fury passes out and i just think that's yeah that's the sequence oh wow so it's colored completely differently in the exactly it's good to talk about the difference so i'm yeah yeah. oh i i could i should turn off the background so you can see this yeah the thing is uh the, the i think i have the same coloring on where i read it on the omnibus but they have have another trait for coloring where like they don't even have a black and white um yeah it's so much better than originally wow it's scarier in the original one i think it is yeah i think it is now can we talk about the page right before it too yeah you know i'm a big will eisner spirit fan oh yeah and that page page 11 of uh strange tales 163 feels like a swipe from a from a spirit splash page with the rain crashing behind him and the lone soldier, whatever he is, uh, just in the spotlight as the claw sneaks up behind him. It absolutely looks like a, like a page from Eisner. Oh yeah. That's, um, I actually wrote down the rain it was interesting because there's a lot of, there's a portion here, not in this issue, but there's some raining. And I thought of, uh, I thought of Eisner's raining as well. Yeah. And the, the idea of like when the um, the Puchin Ling, the what well, or I guess that's that's Fury, but he's pretending to be Puchin Ling. He's in the dark. Mm-hmm. That's Eisner, right? Because there's like a light right above him. And then there's yeah. like shadows and black and white. Yeah, it's pretty cool. So he's playing with everything here. Mm-hmm. I mean, I definitely see echoes of Kirby in some of the action scenes, but then, oh yeah, like the stuff he does with visual continuity, like in one sixty-three, page three, three or five. I got my bad glasses on. Page three, where Fury's swimming in the water, escaping from the giant octopus, and you see him climbing up to get out. And you got this five inset panels all across the middle of that page. Mm-hmm. Um, it's like so dramatically done, so like intensive, but also like feels a little Kirby esque. Yeah. Only Kirby wouldn't do the small panels. Oh, okay. He wouldn't. He wouldn't have like five panels in one. <laughs> yeah, I can't think of any time Kirby did five panels. Mm. And then you get right below that, you get this weird panel where Kirby's or the Fury is climbing through the window, and he's almost like his body's like crammed up against the next small panel like he's like escaping from this tiny space into another tiny space and then you get the explosion in the next panel with this like bright white almost an inversion of the color Mm -hmm. it's just like this explosion of ideas now i mean what i love about this one is i don't know how your page is set up 
but in the omnibus, these two, the page previous to it and the page are symmetrical. Oh, nice. With coloring too, like separate. So he's in um, he's oh, in danger yeah. on the left side. Are you the same way on your book? No, it's not. I bet that would work beautifully. I think it might have been meant. It might have meant to be symmetrical, and they they set it up properly in the omnibus. Okay. No, we didn't. Uh, yeah, absolutely, it would be set up to be symmetrical, right? Because those are pages two and three. They would be facing each other. It's exactly like that. Like you look at the like two and three. It's like there's a panel, like almost like Alan Moore. You know, remember the Alan Moore symmetrical? Oh my God! It's totally like an Alan Moore. Frank Miller did some stuff like that towards the end of Daredevil too. Yeah. Where like the pages were perfectly contrasting with each other. Yeah, because wow. the and then the color too, because you got the green on one side and the blue on the other. Yeah. He's on on the left side, he uh the octopus has him grabbed. On the right side, he's running or you know, he's swimming away. It's that, pretty cool. That's brilliant storytelling when you see him back to back like that. Yeah. Wow. Wow. You just blew my mind with that. Damn, this guy's good. Right? Right? And then, like, yeah, you could pull out any page. The, speaking of Eisner, like, uh, on in issue 162, page six, where uh, Fury's car... First of all, there's a beautiful scene with Valeria at the top turning around and disappearing off in the distance. But then mm -hmm. when his, he's in his car on Canal Street driving through the rain and you get this the spotlight of the street light on top of the car. And then, mm -hmm. and then you cut to below it and you get the water splashing off the wheels. And you're like, oh, my God, this is just thrilling. Yeah, that issue, those are the pages where I was thinking about the rain. It's also like if you've been to New York, a lot of times the city is wet, even if it hasn't rained. Mm -hmm. And this is like Chinatown in New York. And it's just because they have to wash and clean the streets and stuff like that. And like, that, that's what it feels like. There's just a lot of water splashing around. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So it feels very true to New York City. Really good stuff. And he's using a lot of like, uh, Zipatone stuff like that. It's pretty, mm -hmm. pretty cool stuff. Very cool. So tell me how the artist edition looks to you. It, the when you look at that, like what kind of tools does it look like he uses? How does he seem to create these pages? You know, I didn't get it. Unfortunately, I didn't get a chance to look at the artist edition too much. And they had the first two issues that we read. Um, by the way, just on a side note, I bought this artist edition with you. I don't think you remember when I was up in. Oh, yeah, I do remember that now. Yeah. And it looks so. The cool thing about the artist edition is you get to see the pencils at my shop. Yeah. 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 It, this was your shop. Yeah, I bought it. And uh, so it has the issue where he inked himself, which is amazing. And you see, like, uh, the cool thing about it is, like, um, he has notes for himself. Oh. Like, move up this bubble, change this one. 
so it's really cool. Um, but yeah, he's been using a lot of, uh, there's a lot of, um, it's mostly pencil. I don't think he, there's any zip to tone or zip to tone related items here, but I didn't really get a chance to look at it as much. It's beautiful though. How does it look like he draws the thing? Well, I guess it's ink. The thing is inked in the, in that way, in the same way. Yeah, it's beautiful. His inking. Yeah. So, like on page six, when like when Fury's got that giant ship behind him and stuff, does he just draw that whole scene on the page, or is it like p stops? How does he do uh, that? Which issue? Sorry. That's that same issue, where where uh, Stranko inks himself one sixty one. Oh, yeah, he draws everything. So you actually see the lines on the page. You do, yeah. Uh, you see all wow. the lines. Wow. So like if you flip the page and you see the scene where the, all the villains are running down the stairs, I bet you can see some underdrawing there. Oh, oh my God, that's a beautiful page. Wow, that's a great page. The level of detail he puts into his work. The the one the beautiful beautiful page part of that is um, the bricks on the wall that he that he draws are really cool. I'm just trying to look at the original or the omnibus one. Yeah, because like on page eight of that story, when Fury's like creeping around the wall, like Stranko actually mm -hmm. draws in the little shades around the bricks, so you get a feeling for like which bricks are there. Mm-hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It's Even pretty... stuff like the way the water drips off of Curie's hair on page yeah. eight of that story. Oh, that's all. I think the color really helps that. Yeah, I'd imagine it would. Yeah. The it's color really helps thing. that. And then also uh the outside of color, whatever the water is on the ground just pouring out of his hair, that looks up that looks good too. Oh, nice. Wow. And then I'm sure he draws all the stars and stuff on that two-page spread. Oh, wow. That's the fight, the next page. Yeah. That page with um, page 10. And I'm sorry, people are probably listening to this and they're not seeing the beauty that we're looking at. But the page 10 artisan, it looks amazing with the kaboom text. Oh, yeah, does it? They hand-lettered that text, I bet. Mm. I wonder if it was him or somebody else. Probably him. Mm -hmm. Credit Sam Rosen as a letterer, but I think Steranko did his own sound effects. And then the final two-page spread with the claw. You know, ordinarily the claw would annoy the hell out of me, that yellow face villainy and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. But like, I feel like it's such a minor part of what makes that character who he is and interesting. Mm -hmm. And the way he has him, he's a robot, right? And his, and his, and he's like this evil robot looking to take over the world. Like, there, and somehow, somehow it just feels like it's not nearly as offensive as it could be. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Yeah. Because that reveal at the end of uh, so one sixty six, where we find out the claws a robot is just a, such a cool sequence. And one of the things about it is that, I mean, you know, this is a, it doesn't. Some of the stuff doesn't age, right? Like 
the yellow claw and some of the the way the accents are shown like he calls them like furry sun or something which is i think japanese and i don't know if claw is japanese or not but one one thing to give credit i don't know did um did Steranko come up with Agent Wu from CIA? No, Agent Wu was from the 50s. Oh, really? Oh, okay. There was a short-lived uh, Yellow Claw series in the 50s. Agent Jimmy Wu was one of the people who was fighting the claw. Uh, is this for, that claw? For this, this is... like the CIA or whatever. Yeah, this is that claw. Oh, wow. That racist claw character. Yeah, they revived him. I think oh he, wow! I think he appeared in some Captain America stories too. Oh my God, my mind is <laughs> so glad that you know all this stuff because I don't have any grasp of history. I know too much of this stuff. No, yeah. I, mean, I, love, I just love the history. I love history for all, of all kinds of things. It's just a passion for me. You know, one thing to say on the, I'm looking at the original page for issue 162, page one, where you see the invisible Ferrari. Oh, yeah. And it's it's done in gray tone, gray tone watercolor, I think. That's such a, first of all, that's such a fun idea. An invisible car. Mm-hmm. That's just, that's like, we're going to one up James Bond. Bond will never have an invisible car. Yeah. So it's all done in gray tone. How does he? So how does he put the lines down? Like, is, is it? Does it stay in pencil or is it like gray tone? I don't inks? think there's pencil. I think it's just gray. He might have erased the pencils, but it's just gray. I mean, the way it looks like it's like some type of a gray ink. Oh, that's so interesting. I'd look at the level of detail on that page too. Like he set such a hard level of difficulty. It's got all that background, all those characters in it, and the great car. Mm-hmm. That's the other thing that impresses me so much about Stranko is he does all this, the so much of a high level. He sets himself such a high bar, and uh, he never takes shortcuts. Like he has no computer to help him render any of this, and lots of backgrounds. <laughs> lots of backgrounds, yeah. And when he doesn't include backgrounds, like on page three of the story at the, in the top, he do, he excludes the backgrounds for a reason. Because mm-hmm. yeah. we get that little like offset panel of Fury and Valeria. Mm-hmm. Man, I could rave about this stuff all day. The Contessa. Page four with that giant, the ESP machine. It's like three stories tall, and it's like this massive Kirby-esque thing. Mm-hmm. It's even got Kirby dots in it. <laughs> yeah, this is the most Kirby-esque thing I think we see in the whole book. Including the issues Kirby penciled. I mean, this is crazy. Mm-hmm. I mean, I really think, like, he's one of the few, Serenko's one of the few people that really emulated Kirby in a way that brought his ideas to life mm-hmm. he loved them you could tell yeah or maybe he was influenced by it and then later on did his own thing it's, great he, stuff i don't know if we talked about any of this story but <laughs> you can tell he's a guy who knows his comics history yeah 
you know, obviously he's the guy who wrote the history of comics and you can tell he studied the great creators and then brought his own sensibility to it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, he's one of these people I always, I always in the way, like I, I'm, I resist hype. Like I hate people who we hype and hype and hype and they're the greatest thing ever. This is actually some of the greatest stuff ever. He deserves the hype. He didn't do much work, right? He did Captain America. He did two issues of X-Men. He did Nick Fury's shield. And then just here and there, a few issues. Yeah, he did something like 30 total comics or something at Marvel. Mm -hmm. I like that romance issue that he's done too. It's beautiful. Yeah, it is. It's hard to find, but it's beautiful. The Mm -hmm. horror story at the stroke of midnight is like a textbook and how to create a great horror story too. Mm Mm-hmm. Great stuff. So much great stuff. Thank you for talking about this with me. Yeah, just made thanks, my day. Thanks, Jason. Oh, thank you.